listening to the Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to the program. Thank you for spending some time with us this noon hour. And I don't mean to gloat, but I was right. I called it, called it last week. The Liberals doing better than the polls anticipated a large minority, not a majority, obviously, and that's many of the headlines today, is that Justin Trudeau loses his majority. But we knew that going in. The question for a lot of people was, who was going to end up with a minority government? And when all the dust settled, the Liberals winning the most seats in the House, but losing the popular vote to the Conservatives, 6.2 million Canadian voters, or 34.4%, chose Mr. Scheer, over the 5.9 million, or 33.1%, who opted for Mr. Trudeau's Liberals. And right now, I can tell you, speaking in Burnaby, just about to take some questions, is the leader of the NDP, Jagmeet Singh. Let's listen into him. He's just about to start taking some questions. He's just drinking, he's clearing his throat. And let's pot him up, see what he's got. Laissez tomber les Québécois et Québécoises. On va continuer le travail. My French is no better than it was, so we'll get back to him when he starts uh, speaking in English. Again, he's taking questions in Burnaby, holding the balance of power today. And in this weird sort of situation where the NDP loses seats, he loses popular votes, and yet he is more powerful than had he won more under a majority. He's more powerful than Jack Layton was. Uh, when the orange wave went through, because, of course, that ended up with a Harper majority. Let's dip back into Mr. Singh. And this campaign really mattered, and it it made a massive difference. And that campaign captured the imagination of Canadians, and we're proud of that. We're proud that Canadians got to see what we stand for and what we believe in, and the fact that we are in here fighting for people. We're not working for the rich and powerful corporations. We fight for people. And we were able to capture the imagination. There's obviously a lot more work that needs to be done, but we have built a strong foundation and we've come a long way. And I'm proud of that. I want to ask you about the minority situation as well. Uh, when we sit down to have a discussion with Mr. Trudeau, and what type of parameters will you talk about in that initial discussion? So we're not going to negotiate any of those things today. And we're not going to certainly not negotiate those things in, in, in the media. Uh, but we are going to lay out our priorities. We've laid those out already. And we're ready to work hard. Um, we understand the Canadians have given us uh, a responsibility, but they've chosen. They've chosen the government. They've chosen Mr. Mr. Trudeau as prime minister. We respect that decision, but we're going to fight within those, within those conditions, uh, with everything we have to, to ensure Canadians know that we're in it for them, and we're going to deliver on uh, our commitment to fight for them on, on those very priorities that we've laid out. Good morning, Mr. Singh. That is Jagmeet Singh speaking live this morning in Burnaby, British Columbia, talking about the minority situation and the upcoming negotiations with Justin Trudeau and the Liberals. The NDP laid out six priorities in the run-up to the vote, six things that they said that they wanted as priorities in a minority situation. They're not going to get all six, including one of them. Number six was electoral reform. That is not going to happen. The question is going to be what priorities are absolutely immovable for them. The question is, is that really, is there anything? And you talk about pipelines. I mean, if the NDP wants to stop the Liberals with pipelines, well, then maybe just go right to the PCs, right to the Conservatives and get the votes there. Did you stay up and watch it all last night? 
it sort of ended as it began, did it not? With all three party leaders just jibber-jabbering over each other. Canadians baffled and bored by their antics. If you stayed up late enough for the speeches, you got to hear Mr. Singh interrupted by Mr. Sear, Sheer interrupted by Mr. Trudeau. Thank you very much for that. Thank you very much, my friends. Thank you so much. Oh, man, the love. The love is real. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Merci, oh, I appreciate the love. Merci infiniment pour votre présence. Thank you. Just, stop. Talk. It's just it's one at a time. Please. Thank you for everything you did. One at a time. Canadians reject you and all the volunteers that work And I just, I, I want to say to all of the conservatives out there, outraged, just absolutely outraged that Justin Trudeau would Bigfoot just <laughs> Mr. Shear. You remember in 2018 when Doug Ford did precisely the same thing to Kathleen Wynne and all the conservatives said, well, it was just a miscommunication, not a big deal. So there's, <laughs> there's that. Now, as you just heard, Uh, Jagmeet Singh is holding a news conference right now, answering some questions. Conservative leader Andrew Scheer is going to hold a news conference in about 50 minutes' time. That's 5-0, just shortly after 1 o'clock our time. We'll carry that for you here on Global News Radio, bring that to you. The Prime Minister, the winner of the election last night, will not be speaking to the media today. Justin Trudeau will not speak until tomorrow, although the Prime Minister was in his Montreal riding of Pampineau this morning, doing his regular thing of meeting uh, riders on the Metro, uh, thanking them for their votes. He did the same thing the morning after the 2015 election. Jody Wilson-Raybould finishing last night with a win, and her narrow victory, 16,500 votes to the Liberal challengers' 13,600 votes, A real test of voters' allegiance in that riding in central Vancouver, Vancouver Granville. And now Jody Wilson-Raybould is going back to Parliament, this time as an independent. And perhaps she could just trot this thing out. I think this should be her new catchphrase. This is what she said last night as she entered the hall where she was celebrating her victory. This was what she had to say to her supporters. Here's Jody Wilson-Raybould. Holy moly. It, it's just that. That's all. Can we just, can we do it again? Because really it could be a catchphrase. It could be like a sitcom catchphrase. Holy moly. Oh, oh, oh. Now somewhere out there, there is a joke brewing about being up the creek without a paddle. I don't know how it works out, but it's got something to do with Adam Vancouver. As last night... He captured 49.1% of the vote in Milton and managed to defeat Lisa Raitt. Pretty much, he just outworked Lisa Raitt. Here's Adam Vancouverton last night talking about the last door he knocked on. I knocked my last door at, uh, at 9.08, 22 minutes before the polls closed. And the second to last door that I knocked was an Ecuadorian family that didn't want to go and vote. But my friend Emily was there, and she speaks perfect Spanish, so we got them into the car, and we got them to cast two ballots. So, you know, we've been pulling people out to vote all day, and, you know, we did that over advanced polls and through early balloting as well. So, you know, we've been, we've been doing our job. 
And really, that is the story of elections. And often, you know, we, we don't pay enough attention to it, which is precisely that getting out the vote, knocking on the doors, making sure those people, making sure your people get to the ballot and actually cast a ballot. And the liberals, you know, say what you want. They have a very strong ground game, especially in the 416 and the 905. And look at the map this morning, all red. The NDP unable to pick up a single seat in Toronto. And that says a lot about the team that they have on the ground getting people out. And as for uh, Mr. Vancouverden, he really had perhaps the strongest team. I, I know a number of people who are volunteering to work on his campaign. And, and some liberal candidates were like, hey, how come he gets all the love? But in the end, uh, all the liberals, all the liberal candidates won in the 416 and most of the 905. People's Party of Canada leader Maxime Bernier losing his riding, the one that he held since 2006. He says that his upstart party has achieved a spectacular amount in simply one year. In his concession speech to supporters, Bernier said that the issues raised by the PPC during the campaign, uncontrolled immigration, endless deficits, unfair equalization and high taxes, all of that, all of those issues are not going away. He is right about that. I think the thing is, though, his party is going away. No two ways about that. Dofo congratulating JT this morning. Ontario Premier Doug Ford congratulated Justin Trudeau. A conciliatory tone of his statement following an election campaign where Trudeau repeatedly used Ford as a political punching bag. And many people wondering today, considering that the Conservatives came up short, Would they not have been better off having Doug Ford on the campaign trail? Well, that really is looking in the rearview mirror, because I think Mr. Ford is getting a lot of accolades for showing something in this campaign that he had not really shown a lot of in the last year, and that is some discipline. Discipline about talking, discipline about negotiating with other levels of government, see the negotiations on the subway upload, See the negotiations on ending a possible strike by QP. And I think Doug Ford gets a lot of credit for that. But had he been out stumping, I think it might have turned out even worse. Although, looking at the 416, I'm not sure how that is quite possible. to digging through the entrails of the federal election vote. And has the re-election of Justin Trudeau put Western Canada, and specifically Alberta, on the path towards separation? Danielle Smith is the former leader of the Alberta Wild Rose Party and a host of Global News Radio programs. She was part of Global's election coverage on television last night, and I spoke to her this morning about whether there is anything to this separatist talk. Let's talk about uh, Western alienation. Mm -hmm. Is it anything more than a giant puff of smoke over the next couple of days? People ticked, and then we'll just go back to the way we were. Within a couple of hours last night, a Wexit Facebook page had 70,000 subscribers to it. And I don't know. (laughs) 
I don't know. If it, I don't. I think we need a new name. Maybe it's Abexit. I don't know if that sounds any better. But this is the most serious I've seen it. I've, I've been watching the rise and fall of separatist sentiment over the years, and I haven't ever taken it really seriously. It's been as high as 25% before Jean Chrétien and the Liberals were booted out by, by Stephen Harper, and that's always what brings it down, is when the West feels like, ah, we got someone in there who understands us. Then I think the few decisions are made that ends up bringing those tensions down. Now we're at a point where we think, is there any possible way that we will ever get another government that understands us? You've got the Liberals, the NDs, the Greens, the Bloc, all campaigning in some way against Alberta, against our resources, against our industry, against our prosperity. And that says something, that you can win seats in certain parts of the country by demonizing Alberta. That, that says that I think Alberta... Nobody Alberta, is demonizing Alberta. Cut it out. We no. bought you a pipeline. Could you stop already? Okay, well, what if uh, Elizabeth May had said, okay, by 2030, 30, we're going to shut May. down the auto sector. No but one would have ever done that, no, right? She was not in the running to be prime minister, and you know that. But this stop with the Western alienation, it's going to go away in a couple of months. It will not. And this is the difference, and I'll tell you why it's different this time, is because it's business executives who are now the ones who are hosting speakers talking about Alberta going alone. It's not just the wing nuts anymore. It's actually mainstream guys who are responsible for investing hundreds of millions of dollars in the Alberta economy saying, if we can't realize our economic vision, our, our, the, our, our investment here under this scenario, we've got to find a different scenario. So I think that this is the problem. I don't think that anyone in Eastern Canada takes it quite seriously yet. And I think something is going to happen over the next number of months, which is going to turn it serious. I, I take your point there. I do take your point. And, and I'm, I'm just being uh, confrontational for, for, you know, because I know you. Um, but I... I, I do think that the danger is here is that you're going to see a splinter again in in the right, and you're going to see a rise of some sort of new kind of reform. And the problem is is that, you know, Alberta is a power base for the conservatives, and you just said, and, and as you make a point, that the conservatives have a problem because the leaders they put in place, largely because of Albertan support, are, tend to be not palatable to urban voters. And it may well be that Alberta's culture is so different than the rest of the country that the federal system doesn't work for us. It may be that we've got to take the Bloc Québécois approach. I believe in Alberta. Do you really think that the, 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 that it's that distinct a society? 33 really? out of 34 seats going blue. Some in a massive majority. There's nowhere else in the country where anyone got elected by 85% support. But does that say distinct society or does that just say ticked off because of current economic conditions? It says that we believe that we have parts of the country working against our economic interests. That we've got a, a liberal government working against our economic interests. And I, it may well be that if Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion goes ahead, maybe it won't spill over. But if it gets cancelled, and that's what people are fearing, is that part of the a pact that is going to be made between Jagmeet Singh and Justin Trudeau is that they're going to, he's going to demand that the pipeline be slowed or delayed or in some other way not proceed. That is going to be a powder keg. And because Albertans have, this is just it, I think the rest of the country thinks, oh, okay, well we'll build one last pipeline. It'll be the Trans Mountain. Albertans think, uh, we need that. We needed Energy East. We need Keystone to continue. We need to build Northern Gateway. We need probably a couple of other lines. And if that is going to be the fundamental loggerheads that we come to with the rest of the country, Alberta's going to have to find another way. Danielle, great to see you. Great to have your perspective. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. That is Danielle Smith talking about the potential rise of Alberta separatism, 
Alberta alienation, Western alienation is a real thing. There's no two ways about it. That does it actually translate into a political movement. Well, the Toronto Raptors are going to enjoy their 2019 NBA title one last time with a banner-raising and championship ring ceremony at Scotiabank tonight. I'll be down there at Scotiabank for a special global news program as we look back at the championship run and also look ahead to this year and what we can expect. What we can expect not to see tonight is Zion Williamson. He's going to miss the beginning of the season after the number one overall draft pick by the Pelicans, who are playing tonight, had right knee surgery. A lot of people really interested in seeing Williamson play. We won't see that tonight. But what we might see inside the stadium, and certainly outside of the stadium, has got very little to do with basketball, but a lot to do with China and soft power and the NBA in China. Of course, the tweet by Daryl Morey, who, as you know, has caused quite a rift between the NBA and China, has now emboldened Hong Kong protesters and those who support the protest in Hong Kong to really make a point at an NBA game. And a Toronto group that supports Hong Kong's pro-democracy protest says it's going to hand out thousands of free T-shirts tonight to Raps fans as they head into Scotiabank Arena. What will the NBA do about it? Mimi Lee is spokesperson for the Toronto Torontonian Hong Kongers Action Group and joins me on the line. Hi, Mimi. Hi, how are you? I'm well. What are you planning to do tonight? Well, you just said it yourself. We are handing out T-shirts outside the arena to the fans going in. And what do you expect that the NBA and security at Scotiabank will do with those people who may be wearing those T-shirts? I don't know what they will do. I would hope they do nothing. (laughs) Um, You do know that the NBA has a policy against any kind of political signage or anything like that at games. Yes, there's no signage. We, we, We read that. We are not violating any of that. I would say that's a political message on that shirt. I think you're, are are, are you not splitting hairs as to what's a sign and what's not a sign? (laughs) Well, put it that way. Politics has been always in NBA and in sports in general. But at the same time, um, that that shirt is that stand with Hong Kong. And this is not an, an NBA issue alone. This is not a Hong Kong issue alone. This is basically freedom of speech freedom of expression. So you can put it political or not. It's a global value issue. But you have chosen to make the NBA the target of this demonstration, for lack of a better word, demonstration by wearing T-shirts. And you have chosen to do that because of what the NBA said uh, to China after that tweet. What do you make of what has happened uh, and what it means for Hong Kongers in terms of how the NBA has reacted. I think at the end of the day, this is the best time to actually make a statement to the world, to the NBA, to the fans and everybody that we don't like that Chinese influence. And like I can't foresee or comment on people's reaction. But at the same time, you know, again, this is a a statement of we standing together to support 
certain values that we have as Canadian, as NBA, if that actually means anything, and, you know, as basketball fans. Do you believe Hong Kong is Chinese territory? Yes. Do you believe that China has the right to dictate policies on its own territory? That's another thing that... That's another thing altogether, because we have one country, two system. That was promised. That was a uh, global agreement, which was registered. But China does have the right, do you believe, to decide how those policies, you know, I understand the policy of, you know, different zones within China, but China has the right to govern its own territory. It has, but then at the same time, it is actually exercising a right that to not, uh, 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 what's the word, um, to do what the signed agreement in the global platform. Speaking with Mimi Lee, who is a spokesperson for Torontonian Hong Kongers Action Group, they will be handing out free T-shirts that say Stand with Hong Kong in advance of tonight's Raptors home opener. What are you expecting the reaction from fans to be, Mimi? I would hope they would stand with us and wear that T-shirt in the game. Are you going into the game yourself? No, well, I'm not. No. We we have way too many things going on. And, Do you think and, people and, will be ejected for wearing the T-shirt or for holding signs? Holding signs is a very, very possible, but wearing the T-shirt, probably not. We had we had a player in NBA had his T-shirt says, I can't breathe. That was a political statement, was it not? Mimi Lee, again, spokesperson for the Torontonian Hong Kongers Action Group. She will be outside of Scotiabank along with other volunteers handing out these free T-shirts in advance of the Raptors home opener. Thank you so much for being on the program. Well, thank you. Welcome back to the program. Thank you for spending some time this noon hour. Some of the news making news. U.S. President Donald Trump is tweeting his congratulations to Justin Trudeau on his re-election. The president writing on Twitter that Trudeau's victory was wonderful and hard fought, adding, quote, Canada is well served. I look forward to working with you toward the betterment of both of our countries. At the top of the U.S.-Canada agenda, that new trade deal agreed to with Mexico. House Democrats in the Trump administration continue negotiations. The deal must be approved by Congress. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. I would have preferred it if he'd gone more with the turkey-style letter. Don't be a fool! Don't be a tough guy! Do you do any of the online shopping? Best Buy now is firing the latest salvo in holiday shopping shipping wars. That's right. I said shopping and shipping. Next day shipping. No minimum order on a number of products. Next day delivery with no minimum order. That's what Best Buy has announced it'll be offering to customers this holiday season. The move follows Walmart's expansion of next day delivery earlier this year and is an attempt to keep up with Amazon Prime, whose members pay $119 a year for the option of having more than 10 million items delivered as soon as the next day. Best Buy says its next day delivery will include everything except larger products like big screen TVs and refrigerators. 
Sherry Preston, ABC News. That's no good. I want the refrigerator tomorrow. I want it tomorrow. Send me the fridge tomorrow. Shares of drug maker Biogen. This is a fascinating story. The shares in this drug maker soared 34% this morning after a surprise announcement about a drug designed to treat early Alzheimer's. The company says it's going to seek U.S. federal approval for medicine that aims to help the body clear harmful plaques from the brain. Now, earlier this year, Biogen actually stopped two studies of the drug when partial results suggested it simply was not working. But now the company says new analysis and more results suggest that it actually did help reduce a decline in thinking skills at the highest dose. Now, more than 5 million people in the United States and millions more worldwide have Alzheimer's. Current drugs only temporarily ease symptoms, do not slow the loss of memory or thinking skills. Dozens of efforts to develop a drug to slow or reverse the course of the disease have so far failed. And simply by now seeking federal approval for the medicine, shares in this drug maker have gone stratospheric. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that WeWork is being taken over by the Japanese tech conglomerate that invested billions in the company before that botched effort to go public. The shared office space company is facing a severe cash crunch now with its valuation, and investors are really not willing to pay that much for shares. The Wall Street Journal, citing sources that it didn't identify, reported that WeWork co-founder Adam Newman, you might have read something about this guy, he seems like he's a great talker, but not such a great businessman. But if this deal is really going to happen, it sounds like he's going to walk away with close to $2 billion himself if Japan SoftBank Group severs ties with the company. I want to talk about a fascinating story coming out of Spain. Spain's socialist government says it will exhume and relocate the remains of dictator General Francisco Franco on Thursday. And that will bring closer to an end to a move that has sparked much criticism in legal battles. The government has received court clearance to take the remains from a grand mausoleum called the Valley of the Fallen. It's a complex just outside of Madrid. And move them to a cemetery close to the capital where the Franco family has a crypt. Franco, a fascist dictator, ruled Spain between 1939 and 1975 after leading a rebellion against the Spanish democratic government in 1936 that prompted the beginning of the bloody Spanish Civil War, a prelude to World War II. And this exhumation follows a 2007 law that aimed to seek redress for the estimated 100,000 victims of Franco, who were buried in unmarked graves, including thousands of them, in the Valley of the Fallen. The law prohibited keeping Franco's remains in a place that exalted him as a political figure. Remember, this is a fascist dictator. Nowhere in Europe is there a monument to fascism like this. The basilica itself is a monumental atrocity. It's crowned by a 500-foot cross that is said to be the largest in the world. The construction took thousands of political prisoners nearly 20 years to complete. The harsh forced labor left many prisoners dead, and a number of them are buried right there. They were buried on the spot in anonymous mass graves. 
The dictator died in 1975. And meanwhile, at this time, the far right in Europe has found a new footing. According to the Mirror in the UK, underground groups spewing hate on social media have been able to recruit many. There is a rise of far-right parties in a number of European states. Alt-right is on the rise. In all of this, at a time when Spain is saying, we can no longer have a monument to a fascist right here outside the capital. Welcome back to the program. We're going to take your calls in just a couple of minutes about dealing with being upset about the federal election results. Are you ticked? Are you angry? Are you miffed? I'm going to help you get through it today. Laura Hensley's with us from Global Online. She's written about this. We're going to talk about that coming up. But a couple of stories making news. Cameron J. Ortis The senior RCMP official accused of breaching Canada's official secrets law has been granted release on bail. Under the terms, he has to live with his parents in Abbotsford. He's got to report to the RCMP once a week and is forbidden from using any device that connects to the Internet. He's 47 years old, and he is charged with violating the Security of Information Act and breach of trust for allegedly disclosing secrets to an unknown recipient. He faces a total of seven counts under various provisions. And once again, his bail terms are, you got to live with your parents and you can't have the Internet. It's like, it's like a punished 13-year-old. <laughs> you got to live with mom and dad and no screens. After five cases of racist chants in a series of soccer games in Italy, the Italian Soccer Federation is now considering employing advanced listening devices that are often used in anti-terrorism operations in crowds. A federation president said that the passive radar device that uses directional microphones to determine a source of noise, it can immediately determine who is making a racist chant, or it can illustrate the trajectory of fireworks. All right, the fireworks I get, but I want to ask you this question. What do you think about that? You're heading off to a game. I can put microphones in there to make sure that you're not chanting something that you shouldn't. Interesting. The only obstacle, apparently, is Italy's privacy laws. Now, no kidding, because the device can also listen to private conversations inside the stadium. To Peru, where a famed restaurant in Peru's capital has learned what it might cost because of the way they hand out menus. This seaside restaurant is being fined $62,000 by a government agency that found the restaurant engaged in gender discrimination. It's a pricey seafood joint, you see, and it's popular with international tourists and the upper class of Peru. What happens is, if you go in there with a date, you're going there with your wife, the restaurant gives the man a menu with the cost of the items, and gives women a separate yellow-colored menu that does not include the cost of each dish. The restaurant argued unsuccessfully that separate menus offer women the chance to enjoy a romantic evening 
without worrying about the cost. Hey, the final trailer for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is out. Let's get nerdy up in here, shall we? Offering brief looks at beloved characters, the new trailer before the next Star Wars film aims to evoke a blend of fond memories mixed with anticipation as the last chapter in the now nine-part Skywalker saga that began back in 1977 comes to an end this December. The Force will be with you. Always. While tickets for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker are also now on sale, Disney promises new Star Wars stories in the future with multiple films in development and the Mandalorian space western series set to debut in November on its streaming service. I'm Matt Small. I love that bit at the end. Yeah, don't worry, Disney's got more coming. Yeah, whoa, I thought this was the end of Star Wars. I thought it was all, we're done, right? We're just going to put away our figurines, we don't have any... No. All right, time for some of your calls. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Are you upset about the election results? And if you are, how is it that you deal with that anger? Are you like an Albertan? Are you going to sign a Wexit uh, proposal or, or, or some kind of petition? Or are you just going to seethe, going to be angry? Laura Hensley is a Global News National Online Journalist and joins me in studio. Always great to have you here, Laura. Thanks for having me. You're writing about how it is you deal with disliking election results. Help us out. <laughs> Help us out. Okay. So there's a few steps based on the mental health experts I spoke to. And step number one. You, wait a minute, you had to go to mental health experts for this? I mean, you know, my own mental health issues should make me qualified, but <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, the experts have some valuable advice okay. on how to cope with this. <laughs> I, this is more serious than I thought. All right, go. So number one, feel and accept. So if you're disappointed in election results or you're really, really angry, allow yourself to feel those emotions. You don't need to jump to any conclusions right away or try to rid yourself of those feelings. Just really sit with them. Just stew with it for a stew while. Stew with them, yes. All right. Well, let's go quickly to the lines from Cambridge. We got Alex. You're upset. Why are you upset, Alex? I'm upset it wasn't a majority, to be honest with you. Uh, and I'm upset that the NDP is going to have uh, a bigger say in the, the future direction of our government. I would think that if people were conservative-leaning Canadians, they would have uh, seen those tea leaves and uh, maybe made some adjustments to get uh, a more centrist government in the Liberal Party. But... Yeah, the Canadians are never wrong when they when they cast their ballots, and uh, this is uh, this is what we're gonna have to deal with for the foreseeable future. All right, hold on, Alex. Let's go to Laura. What would you suggest, Alex? Do deep breathing, maybe a <laughs> cup of tea. What do you like? Alex sounds pretty rational. He's saying, you know, this is what situation we're in. He doesn't sound like he's going too extreme either way and he's not falling into any thinking traps which is good so a thinking trap is you know thinking the worst case scenario or all or nothing or thinking the country is going to be in a really bad state it's sort of accepting what you have and figuring out how you can work with it have you accepted it alex are you are you do you feel acceptance yeah yeah um cautious optimism um as long as people keep their wits about them and don't give away the farm um, after Jagmeet's speech last night, you would think that he's the Prime Minister of Canada. <laughs> well, he uh, kind of is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, you know, Alex. It's, it's, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thanks so much, Alex. I want to go to Mike because Mike in Scarborough, Mike, you seem like you might need some therapy. You're angry? I'm angry. I think I'm going to start drinking again. <laughs> you, you, this is driving you right to the bottle. 
just uh, forget the beer. I'm just going to go with vodka. <laughs> you got to go. What 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 has angered you about the election results? What has angered me is how stupid Canadians are. Like, All right, now hold on. Stupid. That's a that's a harsh word for the electorate. It isn't. It, it isn't. It isn't. Come on. Look, with all those scandals that Trudeau was involved with, all the corruption, all the money, all the billions he's blown, the the, the, the media buyout, all that stuff, and they didn't get it. So me as a contractor, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to reduce my pricing for conservative customers by 5% and seniors, and liberals get an increase of 20%. So. All right, Mike, let's just throw it over to Laura and see what uh, her assessment is of that. What would your experts tell you? I mean, that seems to be a little bit of an extreme reaction based on emotion right now. So if you're feeling really heated, it's fresh, maybe take a step back and take a break. Practice Mike, you want to just... Self-care. Yeah, no, self-care. No, 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 no. I'm gonna, we're going to listen to our new leader, or newly elected leader. Uh, we're going to go forward, and I'm going to go forward with my plan and Trudeau's going to go forward with his plan. <laughs> All right, Mike, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I think we have I have one time for one more. This is John. John, are you upset? Well, I'm not going to start drinking, but I'm so mad. I hopefully will start thinking today. I'm tired of such Canadians being so idiotic after seeing Justin Jihadi or Trudy Trudeau, they're lying. Okay, so well, that's I, I got you. I got you. I got you. See, now, let, just let's, let's take those particular phrases you just used. Laura, what do the experts say about that? Um, well, I think if you have anger or powerful emotions, it's good to get involved in community engagement and grassroots organizations, but in a productive way. So in a way where you can engage in a community that can spark positive change, try to hear other people's opinions, and come from a place of, you know, mu- trying to find mutual common understanding. Don't John, do you like fingers. knitting at all? Maybe that could be a thing for you. Well, I mean, I've just seen him get busted over two and a half years lying out of his mouth from the first day, first year he was elected and busted every other month and retracts on everything he promised and being a superficial, plastic-smiling, fast-talking, slow-walking hypocrite, uh, posing with babies, dogs, and, and, and economical refugees. I think I'm going to join Faith Goldie. Okay, well, I would suggest maybe pottery would be a good idea for you. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. Laura Hensley, <laughs> always great to have you with us. <laughs> 